It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. As I mentioned, he's got a piece out at Sports Illustrated right now, headlined Smooth Jazz. He is our good friend, Chris Mannix. Chris, how are you? What's going on, guys? Hey, loved the story. It was it was great. Can't encourage our listeners enough to uh, to jump online and to uh, read it. And we're excited to dive into it with you. But let me start by asking this: uh, Was this a fun story for you to write? Uh, because it seems to us, from being here in the middle of it, the Jazz have been a, a fascinating story over the last two years. Yeah, I mean, let's put it this way: It was a fun concept. Uh, I would have liked it a lot more if I had been able to fly to Utah, spend the week there, sit down face-to-face with Mitchell, with Gobert, with the other guys I talked to, and not, you know, beg Derek from the Jazz to get guys on Zoom for me over the course of uh, several months. But that's just the world uh, that we live in. The Jazz were extremely helpful with uh, with reporting out this story. But, I mean, it, it really is – one of the more remarkable tales of this season, how a Utah team that was effectively broken in March of 2020 is now going into the playoffs, the number one seed in the West with the best record in basketball. I mean, that is a journey. And one, I think a lot of players, coaches, staffers get a lot of credit for. And I just wanted to kind of explore that a little bit and see if there was anything new that, I didn't know about uh, from reading other, you know, excellent stories by the writers that are out there um, that I could learn along the way. So, Chris, uh, you wrote a lot about Donovan Mitchell, uh, and there's some really interesting stuff in here about him. What stood out the most to you? Well, I mean, a lot of it is how committed he was to studying himself during the pandemic. And, you know, Guys were limited with what they could do, you know, during the months of March, April, and May before they could get back into team facilities and at least start to work out again. Um, I know some guys, you know, just kind of took that time off and unplugged and didn't do much of anything. Uh, Donovan Mitchell didn't do that. I mean, he he clearly threw himself into, you know, self-reflection, study, and and trying to find ways to make his game better by watching tapes of himself and. You know, look, not the good ones. He told me specifically, he's like, I didn't watch any good ones. He watched all the bad games or the bad plays, or the bad sequence, just sitting at his house in uh, suburban Connecticut, just locked in and watching as much as possible. And I think, I think that has helped him this year. It's helped him learn how to get to his spots a little bit better. It's helped him probably learn, you know, the system and his teammates a little bit more. Um, there's only so much you can do, obviously, you know, during those pandemic months. But I think Donovan Mitchell, as much as anyone in the league, took advantage of them. Uh, I learned uh, a bunch of stuff reading this uh, this article today, Chris. But I want to read uh, one part of it that uh, that I didn't know that I think it was incredibly. Uh, kind of impactful, and I'll just read from it here. It says, uh, you're talking about Rudy, Gobert is back to peak form. Some of Jazz's defensive slips last season can be attributed to Gobert's tamping down his aggressiveness. Fearful of foul trouble without experienced death behind him, after the season he asked management to bring back Derek Favors, whom the Jazz had traded a year earlier. They did. 
interested in signing the 6'9 veteran to a three-year, $27 million contract. With favors backing him up, Gobert is soon likely to become a three-time defensive player of the year, blocking shots at a career-best rate. I find it fascinating that Rudy was aware enough to bring back a player so he could be the player he wanted to be and not be timid and play his game. I thought that was I thought that was really incredible from your story today. Yeah, I, I found that that anecdote interesting too. Um, it should it's worth noting that you know, Jazz management did confirm that Rudy did this, uh, but insisted that they were going to do it anyway. So they, they were you know it, I don't think it was exactly like Rudy convinced them necessarily that this was the right move, but it was clear from last season that, you know, Rudy needed to trust who was playing behind him to play at max aggressiveness. I mean, Rudy last year was still one of the top defensive players in basketball. Every time he steps on the floor, he's going to be one of the top defensive players in basketball. But, you know, people within the organization, really across the league, thought he took a little bit of a step back, that he wasn't the same player he had been in his defensive player of the year seasons. And, from asking around, you know, a lot of that, you know, could be attributed to the fact that he was more tentative, you know, believing that if he got into foul trouble, the Jazz defense would really suffer because he'd be off the floor and there wasn't that experienced guy behind him. The relationship, as you guys know, with Gobert and and Favors goes way back years. There's such a familiarity there between those two. So with Favors back in the mix, I think we've seen the old aggressive Rudy Gobert just not fearful of getting into foul trouble, not fearful of making mistakes, knowing that if he does have to come out of the game, there's a guy he trusts right behind him. So I, I think that's a, a wrinkle to this Jazz defense this year that uh, has been a little bit understated throughout. So, Chris, uh, everybody around here knows that uh, the Jazz were up 3-1 on the Nuggets last year, and they lost that thing. And uh, you bring up the point that uh, the Jazz consider that uh, bubble experience a success. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, conventional wisdom suggests that you blow a 3-1 series lead, your confidence takes a hit. You know, everyone I talked to, I talked to probably half the members of that team, they all, to a man, said that only made them believe in themselves more. And it wasn't how the series played out that did that. It was just that they lost the series, and then they watched what Denver was able to go on and do, beat the Clippers, get to the conference finals. And then look at their own team and say, we lost, like we were a Mike Conley miss away from beating Denver. That could have been us. And it could have been us without Bojan Bogdanovic, who, as we've seen, an elite offensive player, and with Mike Conley, not the player they knew he was going to be in year two with this team, having missed, what, one or two games of that, uh, that first-round series. So, yeah, I, I think that you know, the, the fact that they were able to play the way they played, not at full strength, gave them a confidence going into uh, the season that at full strength, they could beat anybody. So in a weird way, a devastating first round loss that under normal circumstances would be embarrassing and cause self-doubt actually did the exact opposite. And it it gave them a, a confidence that is carried over into this year. You mentioned how the Jazz also, Chris, uh, have changed the way that they've played from shooting earlier in the shot clock to uh, to transition to, uh, I thought, Donovan Mitchell's comments on uh, they're never upset with a three-point shot ever. It's kind of a <laughs> philosophy on the team. I guess my question to you is, what is the likelihood that that philosophy, philosophy stands up to the scrutiny of playoff basketball? I mean, it's worked before. I mean, the Warriors were a run-and-gun three-point shooting team. The Rockets have been a run-and-gun three-point shooting team. So... You know, shooting a high volume of threes is not 
uh, going to hurt you. What hurts you is you start missing them at a higher rate you did during the, in the regular season. That's why you know guys like Ingles and Mitchell and, and all the guys that have been jacking up threes at a high rate. Um, you know they're going to have to shoot similar percentages for this Jazz team to to be successful. So I think philosophically, it's not a problem in the playoffs. I mean we've we've come to the point where. I mean, we're at the point where I think the NBA is getting a little tired of the amount of threes, that, that you might see them try to do some things to legislate all these threes out of the game in years to come. But for right now, uh, it's a winning strategy. It's a winning philosophy that, that Utah absolutely can win you know, at a high level doing it. All these things that you bring up in your story, Chris, uh, are kind of unique. At least you, you are familiar with all the teams in the league of everything that you compiled here, what do you think stands out the most? What makes the Jazz uh, unique in in the most dramatic way? You know, I don't know about – there's so many little things, little wrinkles. My biggest takeaway from writing that story, though, was, you know, just how necessary the bubble experience was. And this has been talked about uh, previously on some level, but it, it just – the therapeutic nature of the bubble – was just such a necessary thing for this Utah team. Obviously, there had been conversations between Donovan and Rudy before the bubble, but getting there, the more people I talked to in and around the organization, they just talked about kind of the nights at the bar or the days by the pool or the team activities that they had where they're just able to reconnect as a group. Little things that would go completely unnoticed on a normal team or in normal circumstances – it was just all part of the healing process, you know, for the Jazz because Rudy needed to reconnect with his teammates, his teammates with him. There needed to be more fences met, mended between Donovan and Rudy. You know, it's to the point where, guys, if, if the NBA had scrapped the season and said, you know what, forget it, we're not going to do the bubble, we're going to start next year, I, I think the Jazz might have been in some trouble because I, I don't think you could go into a training camp and have it come together in the same way it came together. Being isolated, and, and Rudy even said this, like, you know, you're – we're here, we're by ourselves without our families. You either come together or you fall apart or something like that. Um, and they came together, you know, because of that bubble. So maybe maybe as, as much as any team in the league, probably more than any team in the league, uh, they needed, you know, that, you know, 50-plus days, whatever it was that they were down in the bubble. Chris, you were there in the bubble. We remember talking to you. It was actually yeah. it was great. We got uh, weekly updates from that very unique <laughs> situation in life, you know, we may never see again. Uh, but you mentioned the effect that it had on the Jazz. Did it have the opposite effect on other franchises where maybe it wasn't a positive experience? Uh, I don't know that it had a negative effect on anybody. I think some teams didn't thrive as much as others, and that's largely to do with maybe a mental toughness of those teams. Like the Lakers won a championship and talent is the biggest reason why, but the mental toughness of LeBron and Anthony Davis and Rondo back then, that, that was a big overriding factor. Teams that weren't as mentally tough didn't necessarily play as well down there. So I don't think there was any lasting negative effects, you know, from the bubble on any team that's carried over into the season. And really, I'm not sure there's, a positive effect outside of Utah. I think the Jazz just benefited, you know, in such a unique way that it, it was an overwhelmingly positive experience. How much credit should Quinn Snyder get for fashioning this whole thing together? Obviously, it's a player's league to some extent. What about the coach? A- an enormous amount of credit. And I, and I was texting with somebody in the league office today that there needs to be a – an award created for what Quinn Snyder's done over the last 13 months. 
I'll be honest with you guys. I, I didn't vote for him for coach of the year. He was runner-up uh, on my ballot. I gave it to Tom Thibodeau. I mean, the Knicks, I, they just came out of nowhere. And, and to be a top-five team in the East, I, I just – I couldn't – I mean, I, I expected them to be awful. And they turned out to be a really good team, and Tibbs is probably the biggest reason why. But Quinn's accomplishments this year, you know, just date back further than December. It's, it's March, April, and May – when he was formulating a plan to bring this group together. It's the summer months when he played a huge role, when he went to Dennis Lindsay and said, my biggest goal is to reconnect this team in the bubble. He did that to changing the offensive system in the offseason or in the, in, in the bubble, really, doing it on the fly, uh, that became their philosophy uh, this season. I mean, he's just done a, a, a absurd job over the last 13 months, a, a job that I'm not so sure any other coach could have done. Like, you know, what he did – you know, stands alone in terms of accomplishments. If not for what, what Tibbs did with the Knicks, I, again, which is just a ridiculous what he's been able to do, um, I, you know, Quinn would have been a runaway uh, winner on my ballot, even ahead of Monty Williams. I think Quinn's jo- the job he did this year, uh, you know, in the Western Conference stood alone. You mentioned uh, your Coach of the Year ballot. Do you want to uh, clue us in on uh, the other awards you voted for, specifically Defensive Player of the Year and uh, Sixth Man of the Year? Yeah, Gobert was my defensive player of the year. Um, as we've talked about, I think he got right back on track to the player that he was. It really came down to Gobert and Ben Simmons. And it, look, I, I don't mind the vote either way. They both do very different things defensively. But you know, I, I always come back to the fact that Gobert is just as somebody, as people in the Jazz organization tell me often, is a walking top five, top ten defense. And that's, that's just rare. You can stick him into a team with anybody, and he, he turned that team into an elite uh, elite defensive team. Uh, I gave Jordan Clarkson the sixth-man vote. And really, it was Jordan and Joe Ingles. Those are the two guys that it came down to at uh, the top of my ballot. And I just leaned towards Jordan because it was so close. But Jordan was a sixth-man throughout, whereas Joe bounced in and out of the starting lineup. Yes, I know he was eligible for sixth-man, but I looked at Jordan Clarkson as being a true sixth-man. And while he has scuffled you know, down the stretch and not been the player he was in the first half of the season – to me, he did enough to, to win the six-man awards. So where do the Jazz go from here? Uh, Chris, do, do they really have a chance at that, as, uh, as Donovan calls it, the ship? Do you, do, does he, is this realistic, or do you think it's more of a pipe dream? Well, I'd say this. You're actively rooting for the Lakers on Wednesday. Like, you just don't want to see them in the first round. Like the potential, that, that could be just a disaster um, if that were to happen in a, in a 1-8 matchup. Um, so uh, beyond that, uh, I think they can beat anybody. And look, if the Lakers, they have to face them in the conference finals, you know, that's a different story altogether right now with Donovan just coming off the injury and a major playoff matchup right out of the gates. I don't think you want to see LeBron and Anthony Davis at close to full strength at that point. That's just, that's just asking for trouble there. So you're rooting pretty hard for the Lakers uh, over the Warriors. But I look, I don't, I don't look at any team, you know, being, invincible in these Western Conference playoffs. I mean, everybody keeps talking about the Clippers. Okay, well, let's see what happens when they get punched in the mouth by Dallas in this first-round series. How do they respond to it? I think the Mavericks can win this series, quite frankly, uh, against the Clippers. The Suns are untested. The Nuggets are all banged up. The Blazers don't play any defense. Like, I mean, there's, there's flaws with everybody. Um, obviously, the Lakers are kind of the elephant in the room if they pick up some momentum over the first couple of rounds. But um, if the you know, if the if the Jazz can avoid them for as long as possible and then want to face them in a later round, I mean, that's – I don't think that's a series they're destined to lose. I think they've got more than a puncher's chance to win a series like that. So, I think it's going to be real competitive in these Western Conference playoffs. 
All right, if you're a jazz fan out there, you want to check out Chris's latest. It's really good. Headline Smooth Jazz up at SI.com. He is our good friend, Chris Mannix. Chris, thank you as always. And uh, again, great work. You got it, guys. He, uh, you know, this fairly long piece, Gordon, he, he really gets into some of the detail. He, he talks about a, a specific um, uh, rendezvous with the team at uh, at a bar at the hotel when they first got into the bubble in Orlando. And, uh, they, you know, he, ta- he talked to Dennis Lindsay and he talked to the front office and, uh, and Joe Ingles. They were all really confident that if they could just get Donovan and Rudy together in the same room talking <laughs> more complicated last year than ever, in, in, you know, uh, because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But once they and he, he just talked about one specific instance, it sounds like there were several, but, you know, where they got together and they just shot the breeze and reminded each other they're humans and all have the same ideals and are all pulling in the same direction. And there's a really human element to this story that I think we were all really wanting to be told throughout all of that, because we've all been there, right? Where we've been grumpy with a family member or a coworker or or stuff happens and you've got to value relationships and priorities and those sorts of very adult things. Everyone can relate to being grumpy with a coworker. Yeah. Tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) And yet we love each other. So I guess, uh, Part of that human thing is, uh, for me, was what uh, Chris stressed with with Donovan Mitchell. This determination, I guess, is the word. How determined he is to to improve himself and to make the most of himself and to make the most of the Jazz. Uh, that that quote, the quote. This is Donovan. This is uncharted territory for me. I'm honest about that. But the goal is to win the ship. We're not stopping until we do. I mean, you do hear guys say that sort of thing every once in a while, but when Donovan says it, you really believe that he believes that they can do it, that it's within their grasp, and that he's going to do everything he can to to extend that reach. Well, certainly it's not going to be for lack of effort. Yeah. And, and hard work. And, you know, there's part in the story, and Chris alluded to it, where he watched all his bad games yeah. over and over and over again and, and deciding what to work on. And, you know, it's really been true about him since the moment he got into the league. I mean, I remember a, a Quinn Snyder interview long ago when he was a rookie where, where Quinn Snyder talked about, and kind of tongue-in-cheek, running out of stuff, assignments to give Donovan because the stuff he says to improve on, Donovan will work and work and work and work and then come back and say, hey, coach, what's next? I mean, it's kind of been his his drive all the way through and we shouldn't be surprised that he's turning into the player that he's turning into as the, the irony to this whole thing jake is the more he works and the better the jazz get the more pressure is on him yeah <laughs> because now the expectation is, is a soft expectation maybe nationally but the expectation here amongst the fans here and the expectation within the team is that championship of which he was speaking. And so in a playoff setting, we'll see how that goes. I mean, the Jazz in the regular season are the best team in the West. In the league, really. Yeah. So so now can you go forward and, and uh, hit the hammer right on top of the nail to establish that point once and for all? It seems as though some people are looking at the Jazz thinking 
yeah, they can do it. Others are looking at the Jazz thinking, no, they can't do it. And others are looking at the Jazz thinking, prove it. All right, let's jump out to the zone phone. We'll obviously talk more Jazz basketball coming up, so stay tuned. But jumping on the show now, our good friend Gabe from Syringa Networks. And Gabe, with the the big oil pipeline uh, ransomware story, I, you know, like a lot of people out there, probably learned a little bit more about this really scourge on companies where uh, hackers get in, and you know, companies apparently are paying these ransoms all the time. I and mean, long story short, it's got to be for for any company out there, this cybersecurity has got to be a big time priority. Well, without question, it's it's a huge priority. I mean. Once uh, once your data is held hostage that way, it's certainly not easy to ever get it back. And to get those those uh, those actors out of your network is really difficult as well, even afterwards. So it's a huge priority for for companies. And, and if it isn't, it really should be because that's a, a huge industry. Um, and it's not like at all in the movies like you have these dim lit room with a bunch of people trying to crack passwords. It's, it's a lot of simple things that generally end up costing uh, people for companies, uh, this sort of uh, this sort of attack. And the great part is, is this is just part of what you guys do. You guys are kind of the total package. Yeah, that's. Gabe, we lose you. there, buddy? as well, and uh, uh, for voice services, we offer uh, multiple ways to connect. This um, right here. Right here, being there? key. Yeah, yeah, we're we're here. We got you, Gabe. You blipped out there for a second, but we got the gist. And, okay. and you're you're here, being a key point. You're here. You're local. You're available. You're going to help when needed. Yes, that is correct. We are we're 100 percent local. We uh, we're here seven by twenty four, three sixty five to help our our customers and, and folks in Utah to have, have a safer internet experience. Jump on it. Syringa Networks, get the ball rolling, syringanetworks.net, or call them, 385-420-7881. Again, syringanetworks.net, or 385-420-7881. Gabe, you're the man. We appreciate you. Thanks, Jake. All right, we'll have more coming up. Stay tuned. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point bell. It's your bottom of the hour jazz update brought to you by our good friends at Syringa Networks. Uh, Utah Jazz begin the playoffs. They're going to have a week off. Jordan Clarkson talks about how he feels physically right now. It was just time to just tune it up and get ready for the playoffs. You know, we got a big run in front of us. But definitely with this week off, it's going to be a lot of treatment and getting right um, and getting ready for the playoffs. So uh, that's definitely something that uh, happened during that break when I was there and came back kind of, you know, fully and healthy and ready to go. We do not know who the Jazz will play, but we do know when they will play, kind of. They will play on Sunday here at Vivint Arena. We just do not know what time. But just because Austin's beginning a playoff overtime show, you can pretty much count on it being late. 10 p.m. Mountain. Maybe a 10 p.m. start. Eastern Conference playoff game, uh, play-in games begin tonight. Western Conference tomorrow. What do you want? You're locked on to the big show. Presented by Big O' Tires.
just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show. This uh, this one on a total request Tuesday goes out to Chadwick. What song reflects your emotion in the moment? Apparently, uh, Chadwick has a deadline at work, so feeling a little under pressure. Uh, want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res. When I get the carpets and tile cleaned, it's never just clean. It's Zero Res clean. It won't have it any other way. Just $33 per room clean. You deserve the best. You deserve Zero Res. Schedule with Zero Res today. This is a Queen song with David Bowie, right? Not That's a right. David Bowie song with Freddie Mercury. The, uh, the first one is accurate. Yeah, right. okay. I love this song. That's yeah, a great song. This just in that Freddie Mercury, Mercury could sing. Is that true that he could he uh, had something physically with the 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 shape yeah. of his jaw or whatever that allowed him to hit? That was in the movie. Was it in the movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, a range of octaves. He yeah. had extra teeth. Is that what it was? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it made his mouth bigger, which made him be able to reach notes others couldn't. Wild. Well, that's a great song. Uh, I, I'm uh, with it. I always associate this song with David Bowie. Even though it's that's why I said, even though yeah. it's a Queen song featuring David Bowie, not a David Bowie song featuring Freddie Mercury. And then Vanilla Ice uh, uh, sampled it in the <laughs> it, early in 90s. In my mind, it's David's song. Why? I don't know. It's just he's the one singing, right? I'd say. Freddie Mercury does the majority of the singing on that song. Really? Yeah. I'll have to listen to it again. Don't you think? Hmm. All right. Well, if it's in your mind, I don't know. But officially, it's a Queen song, I think. Well, it's good either way. Like, uh, is kind of like the only number one song Jimmy Buffett's ever been associated with was an Alan Jackson song? Really? Is that true? Because Jimmy had so many hits. Never had a number one hit. Wow. Until it's five o'clock somewhere, which again was an Alan Jackson song featuring and that was, Jimmy Buffett. And that was just didn't Alan Jackson say they just sort of chucked that thing together? It wasn't even really a real song. Uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know the story of it. I'd be interested to read it. But uh, yeah, I know that's Jimmy's uh, number. Oh, oh, Jimmy's only number one hit. All right. Well, there's no accounting for taste, is there? So the Jazz will have a home game on Sunday, Gordon. We don't know who they are going to face. You heard Chris Mannix say Jazz fans should be hoping for the Lakers to beat the Warriors on Wednesday, which will be tomorrow, I suppose. Uh, but we do not know what time. And we don't really know the playoff schedule. They're, they're, you know, what's interesting, they're taking the kind of COVID-19 and using it as an excuse to just let TV run the show for what's best <laughs> for them. So now even yeah. in the NBA, we're stuck with the – college model of you don't know the game time until days before the game. Do you think the Zoom thing is going to stick around for a long time? <sighs> I hope not. No, wait, well, wait. Let me let me ask you this. The Zoom in like uh, covering the game Zoom or Zoom in general in society? I mean, in, in covering the jazz. I do. I do. Or, or at least some sort of access for international media because I think that uh, you, you listen to all the post games, Gordon. I mean, there's reporters dropping in from all over the planet. I would guess that they like that. I would guess the players and the coaches like it, but I don't know. 
boy, the days of just being able to sidle on over to a player and just talk to him. Uh, I hope that doesn't go anywhere. I hope I hope to cover a game, you still have to be there. I really do. I know people find the Zoom thing convenient, but I do think there is value from a media standpoint in having that type of access. Well, I, what I'm saying is how about both? I remember talking to David Robinson for 20, 25 minutes while the team was warming up before a playoff game. Because I had talked with David, and I said, David, I'd like to chat with you just one-on-one. And he said, okay, just come over after, you know, when, when I come out on the floor. So I went over and just started talking with him, and that would never happen now. Well, but the thing is, is if you just leave it all on Zoom, or you just, it just makes it so remote that you're not no, going to get you're that, not going to get any of that access. That's I mean, why I said both. But they're not like how. What do you mean by both? Explain. But you could have some of it on Zoom, but if a player, you could make arrangements to talk to a player, just one on one. Because they're so eagerly doing that before the COVID pandemic. Well, I mean, Steve Nash. I, during the playoffs, when he uh, when uh, he was playing uh, against the Jazz, I said to him on an off day, uh, just during before practice, I said, "Hey, Steve, you know, I'd really like to do a a, a full on profile of you." And he said, "Can we do it?" And I think he was playing for Dallas at the time. Can we do it in Dallas? And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "Okay, let's let's meet on Tuesday." Uh, after practice at such and such a time. I'll, I'll, I'll see you there. And so I said, okay. So I went down there, and and he, before I even showed up, he was asking the guy where, uh, where, we, could, where we could sit down and talk. And when I, was, when I was there, we went over, and we talked for, I would say, two and a half hours. I, that... That seems like almost mind-boggling these days. Yeah, what year was that? Oh, it was a while back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I really fear that they're going to use this as an excuse just to cut out the live press conference. Hmm. And that access that you're cherishing so much, I think, is uh, this could be used as an excuse to, to pare that down. You heard Chris talk about how he had to... Uh, um, stay on top of Derek Gardunio to get the access that he needed for a piece in Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Yeah. It's relationships are still strong and still give some people an advantage for things. But uh, yeah, it, it seems to me like these things are sort of, I, I hope they don't go away, like you said, but they, they seem more and more rare. Well, you seem to think you hope Zoom is staying around for these situations. Oh, I would. If I had to pick one or the other, I certainly hope it's going away. Well, that's why I said both. You know, because if you want international, you know, uh, access, then the Zoom would probably help in that regard. But there's always stories to tell, and I'm telling you, if I if I went through my career and I told you every player. Every prominent player that I've been able to have one-on-one interview with, it 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 the I mean it's it feels like it's a thousand more than a thousand. I mean it, thousands. Is this a humble brag here? No, it's not a brag. It's got nothing to do with me. It's got to do with uh, many people of my generation 
who were able to do those kinds of things. And it just seems like it's pretty slim pickings these days. Well, this Zoom situation is going to make that much worse, not better. Yeah, yeah I know. And that I, I do think is is a shame because I think there is real value to human interaction. I mean, I I don't know if you're tired of of Zoom conversations with your friends and family, but I, I <laughs> find it just horribly obnoxious. Yeah, and people say that it's a a replacement for you know actually being in the same room of those people. It's it's not. It's not even close. Yeah, it's and not. So I don't think you get the same value when it comes to covering a team either. I don't know if you would say you don't get the same answers, but you certainly don't get the same interaction. I Okay, and this is not a, a humble brag, okay? This is not a blessed to announce that I've You been spoke off, to John Wooden. I've been, I've, been, uh, I've been blessed to, have a, to, to sign a, a scholarship with uh, such and such a school. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's like a Christmas card brag. We all got those Christmas cards back in the day. Look at you going well, after 16-year-olds. Well, yeah, you are backpedaling on this brag. This must be a real big one coming. Well, I just, this, it, just it was different then. It's got nothing to do with me. It's not a humble brag. It's just a brag. It's just a, it's just a real No, brag. no, it's got nothing to do with me. It's got to I'm do with teasing. the way things were. Uh, I, you know, sitting down with Urban Meyer. Over the restaurant here, we we sat there for three four hours, and he told me his life story. Gary Croton, when he was coach at BYU, and he hated my guts. I went down there, and we sat in the press box uh, after a practice or before practice, can't remember which, and he told me his life story. You know, it's just and and those stories were damn good, not because me, because they were willing to open themselves up. And let their story be told. And who wins when that happens? Fans win because they get to know people. They, they find out, at, well, at least from a certain perspective, more information about who they are. You don't always get the story right. You know, I, I, I get that. But at least fans get a view of the people they they root for. And, and if that goes away, Jake, then, then something has really been lost. Four hours. Urban yeah. Meyer really had nothing to do. That story was like five, ten thousand words long. It was. Uh, and well, it, Gordon, all else I had to do on the calendar was nap. So let's keep this. <laughs> let's keep this chat going. Yeah, I mean, and I've, I've had that. I remember Harpering when he was playing for the Jazz. We met over at a restaurant, and we yeah, we talked for hours. I mean, it was. Uh, it, it's just a maybe a bygone era, and maybe that stuff will happen again. Maybe someone will discover that it's good for fans, readers, listeners, viewers, whoever, to get these glimpses beyond just a very sort of fabricated uh, short snippet of of their lives. Well, I had no idea this was the direction this segment was going to go, but yeah, I hope the Zoom thing isn't. Around, don't mind uh, international media being able to cover the NBA. I think that's a positive, but overall, game coverage as a result of just having Zoom access, I don't. I certainly don't think it's been improved. Well, we'll see. I, I, I don't. But I know. also I think people who think about this have a, a different philosophy than you do these days, Gordon. And not speaking specifically uh, just about the Jazz, but I think it's going this way in sports, where I don't think the media is valued like that really anymore. 
Yeah, maybe not. I think some of that stuff has been replaced by like marketing departments, but mostly I think that a lot of sports franchises, sports entities, think that they can control the message and that that type of cover themselves, cover them, then that type of access is it does not have a value uh, as much as it it used to, and it's more about you know controlling what you want those people to do than it is about actually uh, you know coverage of the team until teams start losing. When they start losing, then suddenly a lot of them want a little more attention to sell tickets a little bit. I won't disagree with that. I won't disagree with that. All right. Stay tuned. Market update coming up next. What's going on at 4? Brian Taylor, 430, lock at 5. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now here we go. The regular season is over, and the top-seeded Utah Jazz are set to make their NBA playoff run. Hear every second of every moment of Jazz playoff basketball right here on your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Show. Who's this one go out to, Austin? Uh, well, this one took a little uh, searching because Jack asked for "You're the Best" by Joel Epstein. This is that doesn't exist, but "You're the Best" by Joe Esposito exists. I see. So. All right, there you go. Big show. Uh, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Time for a market update. Brought to you by TridayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. How did the markets do today? Do we have any sad music? Sure. Uh, I don't know if it's that sad. <laughs> but the Dow, Jake, was off 267 points. Not See that on-off button? Let's turn that off. <laughs> the NASDAQ was windy that day. The NASDAQ was uh, was down 74, 75 points. Oh, I'll make that bet. The S&P. You probably don't need headset. What the hell just happened? <laughs> There were lots of drops on that one. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> the S&P was off uh, 35 points. Ah! Who was that? That's Scotty. <laughs> really? This was an all Scotty. You know what? That I Hold on. I'll play them all again. See that on-off button? Let's turn that off. <laughs> what the hell just happened? Ah! Right. Okay. We got you. Were those all on the call? No, 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 no. The that one was from their uh, the the feature they stole from us. The uh, sixty seconds of which cinema. One? That's from the Goonies. Uh, the what the hell just happened was on the uh, a football broadcast, and that on off button was at a that was on right. a right. weather report. Yeah, <laughs> tell us about the wind. Sure, glad I wore a jacket down. A, no, a long <laughs> sleeve onto this field. Nobody cares about that. Uh, still, one of the more hilarious moments ever. Right down to, tell us about situational punting. You step out of bounds with Scotty on the call and watch out. Don't mess with Scotty G, our guy. See that on-off button? Let's turn that off. Let's turn that off. (laughs) (laughs) That's almost as bad as you saying, why would anyone possibly care about this? Why would anybody possibly care about this? Well, I felt it at the time. Both are very gangster have you, drops. Have you stopped to think about how rude that is? It is quite rude, yeah. Did you ever apologize I, for that? Uh, uh, no. Do I need to? Nope. 
Nope, not gonna. What was your answer uh, to the question? I don't remember. Was it a good reason why the story was relevant? Was 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 if I had brought it up on the Not Sports Report, I obviously thought people would care about it in a weird sort of way. Except for you bring up stuff that nobody cares about on the Not Sports Report all the time. Well, yeah, Ooh, wasn't it the mean again? Sorry. <laughs> Wasn't it like the advent of the twisty tie or some such? I, I don't remember the specifics. <laughs> it was probably I mean, one of those. Not, we were nine minutes deep on it. it. It was probably one of those stories. It's like, well, there was a, a family in Florida that had dinner on a Thursday night. End of story. Paul, look. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. No, I'm don't dusting do it. it off. Don't do it. Don't. No more not sports. Don't no, take your bat and ball and don't go home. Please don't. don't. Oh, see, I here's don't the thing. Play the big. If, if, if it were up Stop. to, uh, if I were reacting to you guys, I would off it. I really would. But I get so many requests for not sports reports that I feel like I would be betraying our listeners if I didn't provide it. Please keep it. Listen, we don't have a problem uh, with with you, Gordon. We have a problem with the Not Sports Report editorial board because (laughs) sometimes their selection process is not terrific. That's all. Then why do people love it so much? Do they? Yes. I mean, it is sponsored. It is sponsored by the same client for a long time now, too. You know, I'm I'm almost getting to the point where it's a J word. You're jealous, a little jelly. You're, je- you're jelly of how 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 unique the not sports board is. And not no, only if it, it not, were not unique, only... it would be a good story. The problem is that the stories aren't unique. They are unique, Jake. <laughs> that's that's three slings that you've pulled back here in this segment. Did you record each one of those? <laughs> All accurate, but mean. I don't mean to be mean, Gordon. Please keep it. Every time we've put this to a poll. We don't Our need listeners to. It's fine. Say over and over again you that win. they want it. Yeah. How, how come? How 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 can something that's so popular can you guys be so against it? I like polls. What was what was the point but of that? Come on, polls are fun. Oh, Gordon wants to do it. Yeah, no, let's not do that. It's fine. Well, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. No, actually, I take that back. I'm sorry your feelings got hurt. <laughs> you didn't hurt my feelings as much as you you befuddled me. He just said, I'm sorry you're so sensitive. (laughs) You know how someone's sensitive, call them sensitive. You know, I'm a patient man, and I have people coming up to me all the time saying, why do you take all that crap from Jake and Austin? We don't give you crap. Come on. Yeah, you too. Me? Yes, I hear it about you too, young man. And I say, hey, you know, they're just, they're they're younglings. They're they're, they're stretching their legs. (laughs) Is Is that what you say? I, you know, I, I think it shows a, a great deal of character on my part to just sort of allow you guys to be that way. Yeah. Was that a humble Man, brag? Man, the, the guilt is strong <laughs> in this segment. Just laying it on a little thick over there. Well, uh, when tell, the well, well, report tell, is not no longer exists, you're going to miss it. Well, tell Taylor and Sid and uh, and Lauren that we'll try to be nicer to you. Don't oh, well, that goes without saying. Those guys all hate you guys. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm talking about people who are regular <laughs> listeners. All right, let's jump out to the zone phone. Not sports report coming your way at 450. Stay tuned. Another action-packed, <laughs> can't-miss, not sports report. Why would anybody care about this? <laughs> Don't you love- 
Our friend Gabe is with us today on the show from Syringa Networks. And uh, Gabe, we're we're helping um, uh, companies out there. We're helping people with a with a really important issue, and that's uh, you know their ability basically to communicate in the modern world. Yeah, that's true. I mean, so a lot of people like to listen to the uh, best of uh, non sports reports. You want to make sure that they're not can. helping, Gabe. Um, not helping, Gabe. I love you, brother. I love you. <laughs> yeah, no, but seriously, uh, security is, is a huge thing these days. Um, and it is, as a business owner, you don't have a solid plan in place for that. Uh, you really need to. Some of the things that, that have happened as of late really highlight the need for uh, secure communications, uh, particularly over the Internet. And that's one of the things that Syringa Networks brings to the table. We, uh, we have a team of experts that uh, have been able to take a bunch of different looks at different companies, and we're very experienced in helping companies uh, secure their data. And that's on top of all the other cool stuff that uh, we talk uh, to you about all the time, Gabe, and all these necessities like Internet voice, IT, all that good stuff. Yeah, that's correct. It's, uh, we like to say that we're a full-service provider that way. We don't just specialize in one thing, but we, we, we believe communications is a – especially telecommunications is really a – got to take a holistic view of it these days because it's all very much intertwined together. And uh, we have specialists, that, uh, local specialists, that can help uh, business uh, users in in Utah uh, do this uh, do this better. Now I'm I'm going to ask you this question, Gabe, because you guys are available for service and questions and all that good stuff. Twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five days a year. Do you just call your guys at two thirty in the morning sometimes just to make sure they're on their toes? <laughs> um, this yeah, is Gabe you know, just checking in. <laughs> I should do that from uh, occasionally just to make sure you've given me some good ideas. Yeah, see, there you go. But no, you guys are here. You're you're here all the time. You know, when something goes wrong, it's not always at the most convenient hour. That's correct. You know, things things never break when you want them to. Um, and we are here seven by twenty four by three sixty five here locally. You can call us at a, at our local number, and uh, we've got uh, folks that that are you know highly trained technicians and engineers that are there to to service our customers whatever their needs are. Here's how you get started: go to syringanetworks.net or call three eight five four twenty seventy eight eighty one. That's syringanetworks.net or three eight five four twenty seventy eight eighty one. Gabe, thank you, sir. Thank you. What's going on? Coming up next, Lock at 5. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.